the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. While I'm in the Czech Republic, sitting in for me will be the youngest person I have ever had sit in for me for three hours of my national radio show. Probably the youngest person to Listen, ever do Julie Hartman. Hello, everyone. What a lovely introduction from Dennis. I didn't know that he would be doing that. And hey, did you guys like the Billy Joel coming into the show? I told Sean a few minutes ago that I'm a Billy Joel fan. Yes, I'm 21 years old, but apparently I'm a 40 year old at heart. Welcome, everyone. As you can tell from my voice, I am not Dennis Prager. As Dennis said, my name is Julie Hartman, and I am a college student. And some of you actually may recognize my voice because I've been lucky enough to be a weekly guest host on the show this summer. I've been working alongside Dennis as an intern for the past few months, and I was so honored and humbled when he asked me to guest host for him while he was abroad. So thank you, Dennis, and thank you to Alan Estrin for trusting me with the show. I hope I don't let you down, and certainly thanks to all of you for listening. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the show today. But before I get into it, I'm sure that there are many of you who are hearing my name for the first time, and you're thinking, who is this 21-year-old sitting in for Dennis? So let me briefly tell you about my story. I actually was not a conservative until relatively recently. I was pretty apolitical, but growing up in Los Angeles, going to very liberal schools, I certainly leaned left. And although I was always against the cancel culture that I observed from those around me, I never thought that I would be a conservative because honestly, I just thought that a lot of conservative positions were mean and bigoted. But that worldview changed last May, and frankly, it was during the Black Lives Matter riots. And obviously, the circumstances surrounding George Floyd's death were horribly unfortunate. But the reaction that I saw from those around me was really alarming to me and not the way that I thought we should be handling an event like this. The lumping in of all police officers who are heroes with the sins of a few, the defund the police movement, which primarily harms black people, the rioting and looting and Democrat politicians looking the other way, protesting during a pandemic when the people who had who, who were protesting had previously decried any kind of gathering is unsafe. These Maoist self-criticism sessions for one's white privilege, the list goes on. But my point is, that is what really woke me up. And I went, you know what? If this is the left, this is not me. And it was this greater realization that my beliefs have never really been challenged in my life. So I wanted to seek out another perspective. So I scoured the internet 
And lo and behold, I come across PragerU. And I went down a total rabbit hole watching all of the videos. And I learned so much. And it they, PragerU changed my mind so profoundly on issues. And even the issues that it didn't change my mind on, I came to, at the very least, respect the conservative position, which was obviously very valuable. But what was even more valuable to me was that through PragerU, I found Dennis. And the benefit of being in quarantine at the time was that it took me only about three and a half weeks to read every single one of Dennis's books. And the way that he described religion and ethical monotheism was so powerful to me. The way he talked about the American value system Some of you may be shocked by this, but I had never heard the term e pluribus unum before encountering Dennis. And I describe it like walking into a dark room and having the light switch turned on. That's what Dennis's ideas did for me. And I'm I'm so fortunate to be an individual who is still learning and evolving But what I realized is that there were just some aspects of conservatism that resonated with the core of who I am. And it wasn't my exact position on a specific policy. It was bigger things like freedom, the power of the nuclear family, limited government, this idea that the individual reigns supreme, that you control your own destiny. I realized that's who Julie Hartman is. And that's what my parents imparted to me. And I just put two and two together and realized that it also happened to align with conservative values. So back to the story, I emailed Dennis after I finished reading his books, and I just said, you've really influenced me, and I want to thank you. And miraculously, he saw my email and responded. And he said, hey, You mentioned that you live in L.A. I do my radio show out of Glendale. Why don't you come in sometime and sit in for an hour? So I was like, duh, of course I'm going to do that. So the next week, I come into the studio, and I'm sitting here, and we're talking during commercial breaks. We're having a good banter. And Dennis turns to me, and he goes, you know what, Julie? Your story is, is interesting, and I think that my audience might like to hear it. No pressure whatsoever, but would you want to go on air? And I thought, oh, my God, do I do this? Do I not do this? And I decided to go for it. And that day changed the course of my life. I did receive a lot of flack after that appearance, which was really painful. But it was ultimately one of the best things that ever happened to me because it made me realize two things about myself. First, that it was more painful for me to stay silent about my beliefs than it was to be open and hated. And the second thing is, it, realized, it made me realize that I wanted to continue with this radio thing because I wanted to show people This is what a college kid is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be learning, evolving, seeking out other perspectives. No one should have to be punished for that. And I also want to say that in addition, I did get a lot of flack, but in addition, I also got a lot of lovely people telling me that I was brave, which I 
certainly appreciated. But also, I wanted to to impart to people that what I'm doing shouldn't have to be seen as brave either. Again, college kids are supposed to be learning and evolving, and identifying with conservatism shouldn't be have to be seen as courageous. I think that there are a lot of people out there, and I certainly fell into this category, who feel that the left has gone a bit insane, but they're afraid to associate with the right because they've been fed this lie that conservatives are these mustache-twirling, white supremacist, primitive, gun-toting, gay-hating, Confederate flag-flying cartoon characters, which is obviously so absurd. And someone said to me after my appearance, she said, you know, you couldn't have picked a worse time to become a conservative with all that's going on with the political polarization, what's going on with the Republican Party. And I said to her, no, I couldn't have picked a better time to become a conservative and come out on air with it. Because during this time of madness, I want to be an example of what a thoughtful, decent, nuanced, and yes, very proud conservative looks like. So that day I met Dennis was so important. From there I developed a really strong relationship with him and it was so sweet. He called me every week from then on and I and I got to know his lovely wife Sue and all the members of his family and I, I cannot tell you how much it meant to me the way that he embraced me. And he said to me, you know what, Julie, I really want to be a mentor to you. I want to be a figure in your life. And I know that going back to school as a conservative or growing up in liberal LA, it's hard. But I want to be that presence for you. And he certainly, certainly is. So I have to tell you this one quick, quick fact. Guess what day? That first radio appearance was last year. That first day I came in and met Dennis. August 10th, 2020. Now, do all of you know what day it is today? August 10th, 2021. So exactly a year ago, I was sitting in this studio for the first time, not knowing that it would completely change the course of my life. And exactly a year later... I'm sitting in the main chair as a guest host. If that's not providential, people, I don't know what is. I'm Julie Hartman. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. The day before you leave, pay her some attention. Give us something to believe. Because now and then, she'll get to worrying. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free 
but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. I'm Dennis Prager, and you are well aware of our being censored that is PragerU, for example, by the left-wing tech giants. So many of us are taking a different approach and using SquadPod, a team communication and collaboration app for businesses, nonprofits, sales teams, and religious organizations. It is everything you need, chat, video calls with screen sharing, file storage, etc. Plus, it's 100% private, non-discoverable, and American-made, owned, and operated. Stop supporting the companies who engage in data mining, profiling, selling data, and limiting expression of ideas. Take back your privacy, intellectual property, and right to free speech with SquadPod. Visit squadpod.com forward slash Prager, squadpod.com forward slash Prager to learn more. That's squadpod.com forward slash Prager, squadpod.com slash Prager. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Julie Hartman. I just want to tell you quickly that there has been some breaking news that Governor Andrew Cuomo is resigning, effective in 14 days. I just wanted to let you know I will provide more information on that as that information comes in. But it is certainly shocking news. I want to give you a little bit of a roadmap of the show today. And this journey that I've been on politically has made me think about some questions that have really fascinated me. The first one is, how did we get here? How has the left been able to amass such power with their anti-American, anti-capitalist sentiments, their hysteria over white supremacy and infatuation with wokeism? How did these things come to permeate our institutions? And the second question I, I think about a lot is, how do we fix it? How do we combat this? So I want to spend today talking about these big questions. And later on in the show, I want to discuss the main lines of thought that emerged in the early 20th century that I think laid the seeds for modern-day American liberalism. I want to focus on the ideas of Woodrow Wilson and how Einstein and Freud's scientific theories influenced social thought. And then, probably when we get to the third hour of the show, I want to dedicate that hour to talking about how we can rectify our plight. And specifically, I want to discuss how we can talk to people about conservatism in an effective way. But before we do that, before we talk about the past and the future, let's talk about where we are now. And I have a personal story that I think illustrates the state of the left in America perfectly. So earlier this summer, I was at a formal celebratory gathering, and I was seated next to this couple in their 60s. So we introduce ourselves, have a pleasant conversation. They seem very nice. And the wife says to me, well, what are you doing this summer? And so I tell her I'm working for Dennis Prager. 
And immediately it was like I had told her that I was working for the devil himself. Her face just dropped and her demeanor turned very angry. And look, I actually love talking to people with whom I disagree because I learn a lot. And selfishly, I want a career in radio. So it's always good to get some practice respectfully debating with people. But she just turned so aggressive and condescending and accusatory. And I tried several times to move on from the conversation. I said, I'm sure we agree more than we disagree. Let's, you know, let's talk about something else. Because again, we're at a formal celebration. I don't want to cause a scene. But she kept digging her heels in. And I was just not going to let her bully me. So there, there are so many things that I could tell you about this encounter. First of all, who does that, again, at a formal celebration? And second of all, not that I can't handle it, but who does that to a 21-year-old kid? A, a woman in her 60s doing that to a kid. But one of the highlights I got to tell you of this conversation is when it turned to climate change. And this woman says, you know, I really care about climate change and conservatives don't take it seriously and ready for it. This woman has a yacht and multiple homes. And she's telling me that, that we don't care about climate change. So I say to her, I say respectfully, it's phony for you to decry conservatives as the evildoers with climate change when your consumption is so excessive. And by the way, I said to her, I think you have a right to own a yacht. You know, you worked hard, you made a lot of money, but what you don't have a right to do is then hector everyone else when you yourself are so hypocritical. And her response was truly priceless. She goes, you know, you conservatives always point to our hypocrisy, and that's not the issue. The issue is that we need more solutions from the government. I was thinking, what is the issue if not human overconsumption and carbon emissions? I mean, seriously, what, what is the issue then? How convenient for her to say that it's not her yacht, it's not her consumption, that's the problem. It's the government's problem. Beyond the hubris, the total lack of self-awareness, the utter hypocrisy, you know what? This encounter actually crystallized something, made something very clear for me. And that is, in my view... The fundamental difference between liberals and conservatives more broadly is that we conservatives place our ultimate value on individual action. That comment she made, no, it's not my consumption that's the issue. It's what the government does that's the issue. That was so revealing because I've noticed that on the left, there's this sense that we have to go beyond ourselves and fix society at large. And what conservatism has imparted to me is, what is society if not a conglomeration of individuals, right? Fixing society starts with fixing you. It's so unfortunate that a lot of leftists have thrown the baby out with the bathwater in regards to religion, because that's what religion teaches us. You battle you before you battle everyone else.
This is just so crazy. I mean, how does that woman expect others to listen to her advice when her example is so at odds with what she claims to believe? And look, I'm not trying to pick on this one woman, right? God bless her. You never know what goes behind goes on behind closed doors to make someone have such a strong, visceral reaction like that. But I'm highlighting this story because it's a pattern. This is something I, I see a lot. And when I talk to people about conservatism, I get that kind of reaction. Are conservatives hypocritical sometimes? Of course they are. Everyone is hypocritical. But we have to diagnose the issue here. So, so much, I think, of the moral superiority, the hubris, the hectoring, and the lack of civic duty that we see among Americans today comes from this ruling class of people who have internalized, in my view, this overwhelmingly leftist rot that it doesn't matter what you do, it matters what your policy position is. Oh, I can't wait to learn more about this, this Cuomo story. That was, that was a bomb that was dropped during this show. When we come back, we'll have more about it. This is The Dennis Prager Show. I'm Julie Hartman. You can learn more about me if you so choose and write to me at julie-hartman.com. The Dennis Prager Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about an interesting supplement that has made a big deal in my life. I had the, the pins and needles feeling in my feet. I've had it for about 25 years. It got quite intense. So among the things I did is I had inserts put in, which helped because it lifted the bone from the nerve. And I threw away the inserts last year after I started taking Nerve Renew. I read about Nerve Renew on the internet, and so I tried it out. And amazingly, after about a year, it doesn't happen overnight, I got rid of the inserts I had worn for 10 years. It's minimal, the, uh, the pins and needles effect that I have. I'd like you to try it out. Go to NerveRenew.com. They offer two-week trial of their product and a one-year money-back guarantee at NerveRenew.com or your two-week trial now. I asked them to advertise. That's how effective I think the product is, NerveRenew.com. Hello, and welcome back to The Dennis Prager Show. Julie Hartman here. I was just reading an article that Triple G... Sean, our lovely technical director here at the Dennis Prager Show, printed out for me about Governor Cuomo. You know, my takeaway from this is just kind of how corrupt the media is. Governor Cuomo, let us not forget, was the media was totally rooting for him to go in the race with Biden and be the Democratic contender for president in 2020. Meanwhile, so the, and they're praising him and they're saying that his COVID response was so great and he's this hero. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, there's this sexual harassment stuff going on. There's the nursing home scandal going on. And now, a year later, it's finally coming out and he has no choice to resign. Yes, the media. It's no shock how they handled this. You know what else I thought was really funny that the media handled or didn't handle this past weekend? 
was President Obama's birthday party. Remember they told us last week when President Obama was planning that 60th birthday bash that was between 500 and 700 people, and they go, oh, Obama's going to scale it back. It's just going to be family and friends. Have you all seen the pictures of this birthday bash? I was looking at them this morning. There is a tent the size of the White House. Hundreds and hundreds of people posted videos from this event. It looked Honestly, it looked really fun. But how funny. Obama has this party. No masks, no distancing, no vaccine requirement for him. But then the rest of us peasants have to abide by those things. Again, the media, why are they not covering this more? Why are they not calling out this hypocrisy? You know what, though? I actually think that this goes beyond hypocrisy. It hits at something bigger. This indicates a startling lack of principles. And I think instead of just pointing out or publicizing instances like the Obama birthday party, I think that we conservatives need to take a different approach. I think we need to start asking questions of those on the left, putting them on the defensive, saying to them, what do you really believe in? What do you affirmatively stand for? Because if the president truly believed, as he says he does, that the Delta variant is a threat, he wouldn't want to have a 500-person birthday party. That would scare him. Similarly, the woman I, I just discussed who says that she cares about climate change and owns a yacht If that woman truly believed what she says, that climate change is a threat, she wouldn't want to have a yacht. Again, that would scare her. So I ask one more time, what do these people truly believe in? Another timely example that's been in the news a lot, look at this New York City mandate to show vaccination cards. Okay, so requiring people to present a vaccination card to ensure a safe restaurant environment is fine, but then requiring voters to present IDs to ensure a safe election is Jim Crow. I want to say to them, please identify the principle for me that makes IDs okay in one situation and then bigoted in another. Again, I want to emphasize this is not just hypocrisy. This is a lack of principle. Or how about the other day? I'm sure Sean can call this up. Dennis played on the show recordings of various Democrats discussing the need for border control. Again, this is like 2009, 2010. And you hear them referring to immigrants as, quote, illegal aliens and calling for border security. But now, today, that's not woke. And you can't do that anymore. That's xenophobic and bigoted. Or, oh gosh, this is another great one. How about when they hated Trump for building a border wall, but then after the January 6th riots, they built a wall around the Capitol? Again, what do they stand for? I'm not advocating for a type of brittle consistency, but you do not see this to the extent on the right. The left is mostly guided, it seems, by one thing whatever benefits that them at the time. But that's not a principle. A principle is something you stick by even when it doesn't benefit you. The Dennis Prager Show.
It's the Dennis Prager Show, everyone. I'm Julie Hartman, 21-year-old college student sitting in for the incomparable Dennis Prager today. 1-8-Prager-776, please call the show. I want to hear from you. I see that the caller board is lighting up. Some of you have had some similar experiences to the ones I've discussed regarding the hypocrisy of leftists. Before we get to that, I just want to tell you, I just finished reading Ben Shapiro's new book, The Authoritarian Moment, and it was so good. And by the way, this is not an ad, a paid ad for Ben Shapiro, although I kind of wish it were because that means I could have some form of contact with him. But what, what Ben does in the book is he goes institution by institution, corporate America, Hollywood, the media, social media, education establishment, and he explains how these institutions over time have become controlled by the left. And one of his best points, I think, to explain how that happened is he says, discrimination law of the 1960s says that you cannot discriminate on the base of race, gender, religion, age, I'm probably forgetting some, but definitely those four. What's missing from that list? Political view. So you can't discriminate on the basis of all those other things I mentioned, but there's nothing in civil rights law that says that you can't discriminate on the basis of someone's political views. That's pretty striking. I think, though, the most valuable part of Ben's book is that he provides excellent specifics of the kind of discrimination against conservatives. And that's so great because we all know that this stuff goes on. But sometimes we just need some ammo and some, again, very exact specifics to point to. So if you're longing for those things, Ben Shapiro's book is where it's at. He has many of them. I just want to rattle off a few that really stuck with me. This is stuff I I didn't really even know about, or if I did know about it, I forgot about it. The first is, in 2018, American Airlines and United Airlines pulled their discount benefits for NRA members. So if you're an NRA member, you're not eligible to get any kind of discount on any of those airlines' flights. Okay? Second one is when Twitter and Facebook blocked the Hunter Biden story before the 2020 election in October and November because they said that they needed to fact check it. And then, miraculously, after Biden won, poof, they conveniently allow it to be circulated on those platforms. Okay. Third one. How about when North Carolina passed a bill that mandated separate bathrooms for men and women and transgender activists thought that that was bigoted? So companies like PayPal and Adidas dumped their plans for facilities in North Carolina. And North Carolina was going to lose so much money, billions of dollars, that they had no choice to repeal the bathroom bill. That is, this is coercion, this is despotism, and utter discrimination, okay? And it got me thinking, something that I've noticed that Democrats do, not every Democrat, but again, more broadly, is that they're willing to overlook or excuse or even actively condone this type of behavior because they say, 
Well, we're on the right side of history. Whatever our offenses are, it's better for us to be in power and it's better for us to suppress conservatives because they're so evil. And you know what? That is a lie that every unaccountable ruling elite tells themselves. One of the most surprisingly interesting classes I've taken so far in college was an early modern Europe class. And I say surprisingly only because I thought it would be really dry. And the historical example that I learned in that class that reminds me most of the Democratic Party is the medieval Catholic Church of Europe before Martin Luther came along. And I just want to say, I was raised Catholic, okay? I'm not criticizing the Catholic Church now, although, you know, it definitely has some problems, but I'm criticizing the Catholic Church of the 1500s. And like the Democrat Party now, they controlled everything. Anyone who dared to oppose them would be crushed. And crucially, when they practice terrible behavior like indulgences, this idea that you can buy your way to heaven by donating to the church, when they practice those terrible things and people called them out for those things, their response was, well, we're on God's side. We're doing God's work. All that stuff we do, it's fine because, again, we're on the right side of history. Every unaccountable, self-dealing, determined to keep themselves in power elite in the history of the universe has come up with a mythology or a narrative that they are morally superior to justify their horrible behavior. And the stuff I just mentioned that Ben Shapiro talked about is no exception. And you know what's interesting? I I think that the Democrats think that they are different from any other elite in history. I think they look at something like the medieval Catholic Church and they think that the church secretly knew that it was corrupt. But no, every elite thinks that it's right and proper for them to be in power. Every elite. And it's hilarious to me. It's, It's truly hilarious when so many leftists mock religion in the religious fanatics of hundreds of years ago. They think that they are so much better and more tolerant. But look at wokeism. If if you substitute the word sinner for racist or Satan follower for white supremacist, these people who run around shrieking and yelling, these people on the left, they are no different than the religious crazies of centuries back. There's that same malignant impulse to hector and, con- and to control people. It's just costumed a bit differently. And that is what I learned in that class. And that is what Ben Shapiro's book imparted to me. 1-8 Prager 776, I'm going to take a call next segment. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the final segment of the hour. Boy, it goes by fast. I want to take some calls. Sean, let's start with line two. Giannis from Brookdale, California. Giannis, you are the first phone call I am ever taking. I will never forget you. Hello. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to make my debut. Uh, Yes, so I would like to talk about uh, using my favorite author, Tom Sowell, on manipulating words to make the anointed uh, seem that much higher up than the supposed uh, benighted or the common folk. 
Yes, it's true. I love Tom Sowell, and, and I love when he calls liberals the anointed ones, as you're saying. And when he talks about that, he says, liberals think that they are so much better and so much smarter than everyone else that it is their divine providence. Well, of course, I shouldn't say that because they are mostly secular. But if they did believe in religion, they would think it is their divine providence to rule over the rest of us. You are so right, Giannis. Thank you for your call. All right, Sean, why don't we go to line four? I'm, I can't – is it Harold? I can't quite read that far from Columbia, South Carolina. Hello. Yes, this is Harold in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, um, I wanted, I was listening to your story about the lady in the yacht. It made me think of my friends. They do the same thing, but with their gasoline car. They'll come over here and talk about how bad internal combustion engines are, and then they get in their car and drive back home. Mm. And here in South Carolina, starting this weekend, they are going to change the traffic laws such that on the interstate, if you're in the left lane and driving slow, which is what an electric car will have to do, you're going to be heavily ticketed for that. Is that true? It got me thinking the way to stop a lot of this nonsense is to force reality testing on these people and their ideas. And it's just it's not <laughs> going to hold up. An electric car is not going to zoom down the interstate in the left lane 80 miles an hour for any length of time. Not going to happen. Harold, i got to tell you, you just made triple G... Sean, our technical technical director, crack up. I am looking at him through the screen here, and he is cracking up. I agree with you, Harold. Thank you. All right, how about line five? Again, I can't read this far. God, I need to get glasses. Tim. Tim from Kansas City. Hello, Tim. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Hey, first of all, you must get your own radio show. I know Dennis has a great affection for you, but you have what it takes, lady. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Your articulate, your clarity is astonishing. It's just lovely to hear. We need those kind of voices out here. Thank you, Tim. I live in the heart of the country, and I travel a lot, and I kind of do a a poll as I travel around. I love to engage strangers in conversation, and I guess um, people know me for that. um, I would say it's a 50-to-1 ratio of people that are agreeing with our uh, viewpoint on, on our nation, on our government. Right. But there's the outliers out there. Yes, Tim, you're right. I'm so sorry to have to cut you off, but we have to end the hour. We'll be back. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> 